Hey, Bloggettes. It's Amanda Lauren. Um, first of all, I want to apologize in advance if you can hear my dog snoring, but I'm not getting off the couch. And Milo is this big, fat English bulldog, and he just snores a lot. And Lulu's on the other side looking at me like I'm a lunatic for talking into my computer. But um, just wanted to say, if you are in L.A. tonight, that's March 19th, I am going to be doing stand-up comedy at Flappers in Burbank. I would love to see you all there. If you can't make it tonight, I also think I'm going to be at Flappers April 2nd, but it's not confirmed yet. And um, I'm going to be doing other shows. So I think that's really exciting. Today, our guest is Kate Casey. It was a call, and I actually don't think the sound is so bad on this one. Because um, we, we've learned, we've grown a lot. I mean, we're like, I think we're close to like 70-something episodes in. Um, she's just an amazing woman, and Allie and I really admire her. She's pregnant. Allie's pregnant. I am not pregnant. I'm actually about to get my period, and I'm totally exhausted, even though it's only 10.30 on a Sunday night. Um, but just wanted to let you know, because I think I think some of you are probably wondering, what's the status of the show? We, we have shows banked. So we're good. I'm not 100% sure if we're going to have a bonus episode every week, but I really think we should. So please bear with us. I also wanted to say, please keep the iTunes reviews coming. I haven't checked, but we had like, I think we had like 98 last time. Um, Judy told us, Judy is one of our listeners and she is awesome. And she's always just like a cheerleader for us. And she sent us snacks. And I just wanted to say, shout out, Judy. We we really love you and we appreciate your enthusiasm. And I've had a really long few weeks and it just, it makes me cry that people are so nice. Also, we had one person review us on Stitcher and they said the nicest things. And it also made me cry. I'm very cryy lately. I know that's not a word. Um, that's just so, it was so nice. And then I felt really bad because we've actually been off of Stitcher for a few weeks, but now we're back on. Um, when we switched from Audio Boom to Podbean, there were some tech glitches. And I know at one point we only had 20 episodes up. And I think like we're like 80% up and running on all of our platforms. I don't know if we have new episodes on Spotify yet. That might take a few days. But I mean, most of you listen on iTunes anyway, but we are definitely on Stitcher right now and we are definitely on iTunes. And I promise you this week, I will take care of the other platforms if you prefer to listen that way. Again, it was my mistake. I just didn't realize that there was a tech glitch and that things got screwed up. Uh, But anyway, keep rating us iTunes reviews. If this is the first time you're listening, it literally takes like a second a second. It takes like a minute to do an iTunes review. Directions are in the show notes. Please follow us on social media. I am at Amanda Lauren on Twitter and at It's Amanda Lauren on Instagram. Allie's Allie Levine Design across all platforms. Please join our private Facebook group. Um, it's fun. It's getting a little bit bigger. It's drama free as opposed to free drama. That was such a bad joke, right? Um, Again, all links for absolutely everything are in the show notes. We love you, Kate Casey. Thank you so much for doing this. This is a fun episode. I am going to shut the fuck up and get on with with the podcast. Be fabulous. Bye. We're too lazy to blog about. I'm Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are on the line with 
the amazing Kate Casey on the show for the second time. I just was laughing. I just remembered this weekend I was out to dinner and my husband was teasing me saying, oh, the amazing Kate Casey. (laughs) (laughs) But you are amazing. So does, like, doesn't he know right. I like your you. music, though. But I, I like your podcast, like, music and the, the bumpers. Like, yeah. it's very well organized, but us, not so much. <laughs> well, you know what happened was I um, I met this, or this, I got this email from this guy, Doug Makuda, who, he and his sisters have a band, and they said, when we're on tour, we love to listen to your show. So I said, would you guys be willing to write my theme music? And they said, we'd love to. So oh, I didn't know what to expect. And then they sent it over and I was like, this is a full on jam. And this, the, the band actually is getting quite big. Like I, they're going to be a big deal. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, Oh, I can at least say I know the Makutas before all of that. <laughs> that. That's awesome. I love it. But, but we love it. We love jamming out to it. And I mean like, hello, I love your husband's making fun of you, but like mm-hmm. he obviously must know you're amazing. I mean, it's like, yeah. like besides you have an amazing like podcast, you're an amazing mom, amazing wife, but oh, so sick. many things going on that like somehow you're just juggling everything like a queen. It's like, okay, kind of I seriously, how do you do everything? And is there a secret clone of you? Yeah. This is what I want to know. Yeah. Like, literally like we want to know like where, where's the doppelganger? How do you do everything you, you do? Cause I don't know if I, I don't think I do a quarter of what you do and I don't have kids (laughs) and I'm not pregnant well the first thing I have to say is um I I think that life is not as hard as a a woman who has you know four almost five kids who works for like um you know tech company or a law firm I do have the flexibility um of working from home which makes a huge difference and so I've also you know this is the second chapter career in my life um And I hit a point in my career where I thought to myself, you know, I could, I was really good at my job, but I didn't love it. I think a lot of people go through that moment where they're like, I'm, you know, I'm really good at this, but it doesn't actually like, I'm not excited to put my pants on in the morning. So, Mm -hmm. so I pursued something that did make me excited, but I learned quickly that nothing would come to me. I have to create it on my own. So most of my time is spent figuring out ways to create opportunities for myself. And I'm at a huge disadvantage because I do have children. I do live in Orange County and I come from a completely different industry. So um, I think this thing that keeps me up at night most of the time is like, where are the opportunities? How can I get people to find me? Um, I do think that I'm really good at time management and I think that comes from life experience and from the the jobs that I've had. So I do think that that helps. Um, I have help, which makes an enormous difference. I have a husband who owns a software company and works seven days a week and travels all the time. And I don't have any family uh, here to help. So I have been very fortunate to have a babysitter that has been incredibly helpful to me and helps me juggle, you know, driving all the kids to school. Um, my kids have never really gone to one school. I'm not, I don't have the situation where it's like I dropped them oh all at one school. Wow. So like last year, there were three different schools. This year, there are two different schools that I have a toddler at home. And now I'm pregnant, so I'm going to like doctor's appointments and stuff. So I don't know, I think I've just figured out over the years how to manage my time well. I'm also a very good multitasker. So I can get two or three things done at one time. Um... And I think that I, I think you have to know what speed you work best at. I'm, 
I work best in chaos. Like I'm, I don't like going on vacation for one reason, because I don't, I don't, I like to be on my schedule. Um, and I like to have my own things around me, but I also, if there's too much quietness and my husband and I, we thrive in chaos. So we end up like booking a seven day vacation, but end up wanting to go home after two or three days. So I just think you have to figure out your right speed, time management, um, delegation is huge. Like you just have to know what, like you can't do it all. You have to accept that you're going to have to ask something in life. Um, and just accept that we'll do the best you can, but also delegate as much as you can, which is an enormously helpful trick that comes with age. And, um, I think it's really hard when you're young to, and you're in your career to accept that. But I do think kids helps you figure out that delegation is essential because you just, it's impossible to do everything and to trust people to give them enough direction, um, to help delegate, um, but have faith in people. Yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, it still sounds like, you know, you're still the queen, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's, that's good advice for sure. I mean, I, I totally relate because I, unless I have 10,000 things to do, nothing gets done. Yeah. Like we, we, you and I both definitely thrive in chaos. Like, Otherwise we wouldn't be able to have this podcast. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how to live other than to work like until I literally feel like I am going to pass out and like my body gives, gives out like <laughs> com- completely. But let me, what are your, I'm really serious. What are your time management tips? Like, is there something specific you've learned? Because I, I always say to Ali, like I always am like, how does Kate Casey do everything? No, she does. She's like, I don't understand. Like I, I email <laughs> her about you all the time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's really very sweet to say. Um, I think, um, well, I just think you first the thing you have to think about is, you know, think just in general terms of like what your day is going to look like and, and then prioritize and think about, you know, the most effective pockets of time during the day and how you can multitask in those pockets. So it's like, okay, I've got this client and I can probably finish that client work in four hours. So I know that I work best between, you know, nine and one. So I will sandwich that or use that pocket of time to do that client work. Um, although I have downtime between one and one, you know, two thirty, instead of, you know, just doing one thing, you figure out how you can multitask. So even if you're at a, like, noodle coffee bean, um, you know, you can make calls while being on your computer. So you're answering emails and calling a client. Um, I think it, it, it kind of sort of depends on what you do for a living, but I just think you have to be really conscious of like what time, like your most effective times. Like I'm somebody who is incredibly, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I work really well at night. I find like I'm really, I do a lot of stuff at night. So once the kids are in bed, I can, um, I watch the shows. I write a lot at night. And also I have to be honest, I'm not a person who requires a lot of sleep. I was that like that before kids too. So there are some people who need, like my husband always needs eight hours. He just does, but I'm not like that. And I think that's about, I'm, probably really good with newborns in that way because I just don't, I don't really need that much. And I can answer emails in at like two thirty, 
in the morning and then go back to sleep quickly. So it's not like some people like answer an email in the middle of the night or check their phone. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they're up for 45 minutes. I've trained myself to go to, back to sleep easily. My husband's totally different. If he answers an email, you know, his mind will wander and he'll have a hard time going back to sleep. So I think that comes with like time. It's just figuring out when you're most effective, you know, how much sleep you really, you have to be honest with yourself like about sleep. Now my husband will tell you sleep is essential. You can't function a lot of sleep, but I mean, he's never been a nursing mother. You figure that out Mm. once you start nursing that you can get by on a little bit of sleep. You really can yeah. Well, I, I love that for me. And You're going to have to learn. Because, <laughs> like I'm going to have to learn, but also like, I'm like you, I don't need that much sleep. I mean, lately, because I'm so tired, I've been napping more than I, I think I've ever napped in my life, but. Well, that's I'm, because your body is basically running a marathon. So <laughs> it, it, no, it really is like, think that you're all the cells of your body are working like full capacity. So that's your body telling you like, uh, you know, I need downtime. And the thing that sucks for you is that you've never had a baby before. Right. So you're already exhausted and then you have the baby and the baby doesn't allow you to take a nap anymore. Um, but then you should know that you get, you adjust quickly. Like women are just very good at that. We just, we get acclimated quickly. Women and people who go through like the Naval Academy training course, I find they like, <laughs> like if you go through that, my friends are the, like went through the academy. Like you can train yourself and that's basically like having a baby. It's like going through military boot camp in a very tiny, small way, but your, your body trains you to, to figure it out. But it is, you know, the first like week you're like, holy crap, how am I going to catch up on sleep? So this is my, always my advice to somebody once they have a baby is that the hospital will tell you like, you have to nurse, you have to nurse and you have to nurse. Um, you know, which is, if you want to, which is fantastic. So like I've nursed, I mean, each baby, it's like less time that I've nursed because it's just such, such a time consuming thing. But, um, it wasn't until after my first child that my pediatrician who's from India said, mom, if you are not well, you're like, she always puts like, would put up like a circle and she would tell my husband, like the mom is the center of the circle. If the mom's not well, no one is. She mm-hmm. would say like, if you're sleep deprived, your baby doesn't do well. Your family doesn't do well. So if you're, when you're in the hospital, you've just had labor for hours and hours, your body's been through two marathons and you have to catch up on sleep. And, and you have this newborn that's waking up every 45 minutes. It's a shock to your system. And it's okay to say to the nurse, because the first two days you're nursing, you're just, it's just colostrum. It's not breast milk. It's, right, like, it's not really breast milk. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I heard no, that. No. So, it's okay. You're not like to say to the nurse, I'd like you to keep the baby in the nursery for, you know, three hours or four hours so I can get a little bit of sleep. Right. And most of the time the nurses will go totally get it and they can give them like a little bit of a bottle. It's not going to affect your milk system production. Your baby's not going to reject your breast. Like that's none of that. None of that is true. Of course they're going to go, well, are you sure? But you have to be firm. And this is helpful, like, for your first child to have your husband there. I mean, after I had one child, my husband never stays over because I want him to go home and be with the kids. Right. But it is good to have your husband or your mom or your sister or your friend or somebody that's in the room that's sort of a health advocate because once you have the baby, you're so tired. But it is helpful to have that one person that says, she's exhausted. 
she really needs some sleep because when you're that delirious and uh, the nurse is like, you know, the baby is not, you know, something about problems latching on, but trust yourself. If you need sleep to function, you have to tell her because if you've got a long labor and you usually do with the first baby, you will be sleep deprived. You will go into your delirium and you're okay. If you like, and you would be surprised even like a three or four hour pocket of sleep will do tremendous for your, it will be tremendously helpful to your mental and physical well-being. Right. No, that's good advice. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to be like you in the sense of like, once I get acclimated, like I don't get a ton of sleep as is before I was pregnant. Like Justin used to always be like, well, you know, also from strict, like he'd be like, get the computer out of bed, stop typing at four in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm like you in that sense. So like, I don't need much sleep. I I can, you know, turn back on. I have notes to write. I have emails to answer. It like doesn't affect me and I can go back to bed. So I'm kind of hoping I get in that like rhythm again, like when she's here and I'm like acclimating. And I mean, I mean, you guys probably you're at the age now where you know people that are having babies, or even on your like podcast page, like people are writing you notes at like three o'clock because they're nursing moms. They're up. They're reading right. the phone. Right. It's weird for me because I feel like I'm the only person I know right now who's not pregnant or just <laughs> had it or just had a kid. It's like a very strange place to be. It's very weird. No one tells you about that. No, they don't. Wait a minute, you're, 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 wait, none of your friends are having babies or everybody is? No, like literally everyone either just had a baby or is currently pregnant. Like I, and then I have three friends that are single. Like everyone is, it's very weird. And it happened like suddenly, (laughs) like all of a sudden. Well, you're, you're lucky because think of the person that is the first of their friends to have a baby and how isolated they must feel. That's, I guess, you know what? That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, totally. you're quite lucky and you're going to have a community of people that totally get it. And the other nice thing about that is you will have an immediate friend group for your child. Whereas <laughs> I moved to Orange County. I didn't know anybody. My sister would say, you'll meet people when you have kids, which was of no help to me because it was like three, four more years, maybe five until I had a child. And then after that, it was, still took time. I really found you don't really meet people as a new mom until preschool if you don't have friends that already have kids. So you're actually like ahead of the curve because you have friends that are probably local who have kids. You've got a play group and you have people that you can bounce ideas off of. So think of that as like a huge asset to you. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely a good thing. The weird thing is like growing up, my mom was not really good friends with any of the other moms that like were my friends' moms. So I don't know if I'm going to be that person, but I'm like, I have so many friends now who I really believe. I know that they say things change when people have kids, but there are like enough people in my life where I really believe that most of these people will still be in my life. Well, um, let's not get the cart before the horse. You never know until people have kids how they are because somebody could be totally normal and then they have a kid and become a real asshole. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, people, you have friends that all of a sudden you're like, really? That's how you parent? Or you have the other problem where it's like, you know, you, they're, they're, kids are two and they come over for a play date and you're like, I love that. But her kid Axel is a real asshole. <laughs> it happens. I'm sorry to tell you, but it does. And it, it's going to shift your group around and then you're going to become friends with people that they have like similar parenting philosophies who they would never have been your friend when you were single. 
you and Justin would have been like, those losers are never going out to dinner with us. And then you have kids, and you're like, that person's kind of awesome. It's a weird, it's a weird life experience, and it's like so much comedy fodder, but it's so true. That's so funny. Yeah, I told Amanda, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't plan on disappearing, but like in the beginning, you may have to come and like watch movie night with me at the house. And that's, and I don't care, <laughs> but that's fine though. It's like, I, that, that's the thing. It's like, I want this is like my niece basically. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm really excited for, for this baby. And we have another friend who is on the show, Chanel, who also is yeah, pregnant, like, like two weeks, behind, two weeks behind you. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really excited. Like, I think this is really good. And hopefully like, you know, this time next year, you know, I'll be pregnant as well. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't care if we have like movie night or like we have to go out to dinner early because like, that's the only time the babies that are can make it that that's kind of life, isn't it? <laughs> am, am I wrong? Well, it's going it's, it's to be weird for you for like, uh, a couple months, you're going to, like, it, it is going to take a second for you guys to get acclimated. It's, your lives are shifting in different ways, and I, I have no doubt that your friendship will still be strong, but I just want you to be cognizant of, like, it is weird for a second. Like, your friend is totally exhausted. She's going to forget about your birthday sometime. She's going to, and and then you're going to be frustrated with her, and then you're going to get pregnant, and then have a baby, you're going you're gonna to go, oh, I, like, I get it. And then Allie's going to have, you know, a one-year-old, and then she's going to reflect on the time after the baby was born. She's going to go, boy, I was a real jerk to Amanda. (laughs) It'll click for her. So it is, like, just a process. You just sort of, like, are going to go through this, like, weird transition. But if you're funny about it and you're honest about it, you'll weather the storm. What happens, what's shitty is when friends don't talk about it and acknowledge it. That's when they have problems. But if you're just, like... I'm throwing you a bone because your vagina is bleeding. But I remember, like, we had dinner, and, like, that frustrated me. And then Alan will go, oh, my God, I totally forgot. I'm in a mental space right now. It's kind of like when somebody's getting married, right? And you're like, if I have to hear about that wedding one more goddamn time. Like, they get married, and then they come back from the honeymoon, and it's, like, three months later. And then you're you're like, remember how you were a bridezilla? And your friend's like, oh, my God, I totally was. And when you're in the thick of it, you don't realize it, and it's easy for people to, like, get their feelings hurt, but you'll both walk out of it later and go, oh, my God, what's my crazy time? It's just a transition time. It's, oh, no, I look back to things that happened during my wedding when, like, I had, like, a nervous, like, a nervous breakdown over my photographer, I just like, and like my mom was almost killed. My mom was hit by a car and almost died like six months before. I remember you telling me, I remember you telling me. Yeah. I had a moment where I was like standing my, I live in like a big apartment building and there was like a whole outdoor area. And I remember just screaming on the phone, like a lunatic, just at the top of my, and I swear like half the building heard me. The people in the leasing office definitely hurt me <laughs> and I'm well I wasn't a bridezilla it was just like I was I was really having a moment because just because so much stuff happened before my wedding but I went in and apologized I I think I think everyone had whether you know if there's something major going on in your life everyone has those like crazy moments where they're just almost out of their body well I think about that all the time like I have to if something happens with somebody, I always try to ask myself now, 
okay, was that really about me or is there something else going on and that I took it personally or they're projecting? If you ask yourself about that when you get upset about, like, situational issues or, like, a conflict with somebody, maybe a friend or a coworker or even your, your mother, you know, if you ask yourself those two questions before you react, I think that your reaction might be different than you, you, than you think. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so many things that happen in life have nothing to do with you. Oh, totally. No. And the funny thing is, and we, we always say this, that like there, Allie and I text each other a million times a day and not just because we're friends, but because this, you know, producing a podcast is a lot of work and requires a lot of (laughs) coordination and doing things. Mm -hmm. And like, there are times when I'm like, I I have a deadline or I have work stuff, or I just have to get it. Like I'm not, there are times when I legit don't look at my phone for a few hours or just can't answer things. And there are times when Allie can't, and we have like this bizarre connection where we know how busy we are and it's not personal, but I probably wouldn't have that with other friends. Like there are times when like, you know, I, I text people. I'm like, why are you answering me? What (laughs) what did I do? Why do you hate me? And it's not that just people, people are nuts or people on like the East coast where I'm like, but I don't think you're working right now. And you just tweeted something. Why, <laughs> why didn't you answer my call? I'm such a loser. Like, you know, everyone, you know, we all have those moments. I also think like another tough life lesson is understanding that your idea of friendship is not someone else's idea of friendship. Totally. And like accepting that. So like our kids go to different preschool and I don't see you anymore. And I feel like you never call me. And I take it personally, but to that person, it's like not as important to check in all the time as it is to me. And that's a hard, like I've been through that before where I had 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 to have my girlfriend, Kara, whose husband is a therapist. So he's like a de facto therapist. She's like, Kate, your idea of a friendship is different than theirs. It doesn't make them a bad person or a bad friend. It's just different. Like we all don't have the same um, expectations, she's like, your friendship expectations are different than theirs. And then it's like, oh, okay, all right. I looked at that. I have to look at it differently now and I'm not going to take it as personally. Just, it just, you know, what you have to do. And I think especially like for industry people like, like us, or even if you're industry adjacent, like there are just times when, when, you know, you just know, like, it's just impossible for people to be there to schedule. It's just like, that's the way I don't know. I think that's the way the way it is. I mean, there are times when like, I, I get frustrated like, a lot. I get frustrated a lot because I'm like, um, I make, I can make time for everything. I don't know. Another thing that's like, you're um, sometimes you're, people you're they probably you're the exception. But I think like you know, people make assumptions too. Like they're maybe like they're like, well, Ali's about to have a baby and she's really probably overwhelmed with work, or Amanda has had she's got this client and this client and she's got the podcast and they make an assumption like she probably is too busy to make time for me and you'd be surprised like a lot of people say wait a minute we'd like you know if they were to say that to you you could say I totally would have made time for you I don't care if I'm having a baby I don't care that I had all this client work I would have loved to talk to you but people make assumptions like people say my girlfriends are like I don't know, Kate. I mean, you're pregnant with your fifth and you've got all this stuff going on. I just didn't call because I didn't assume you would want to go out to lunch with me. I'm like, trust me, 
I want to go out with lunch to lunch with you. I want to be invited to dinner. I mm-hmm. want to get out of my house. I don't mm-hmm. talk about my kids anymore. I want to get out into the real world and eat a taco and laugh. But people make assumptions like, oh, they're just too busy or they've got too much going on. So I think we all just collectively <laughs> just be better communicators. And it's check in with people. I agree. Checking in is really important, especially for your friends who are listening to this who know that you're about to have a baby. Like, don't make the assumption, well, she just had a baby. She's in the hospital. She's, like, overwhelmed, doesn't want to hear from me. Allie wants to hear from you. She wants to get a text from you that says, I know you're wearing mesh underwear and you've got a frozen diaper on your badge, but I'm just hoping that you and the baby are okay. <laughs> right. I will. I'm going to do that. Allie, so you're the one who said that you don't wear diapers. And I'm like, you're wrong. No. My, you wear a my, diaper. You wear a diaper. For sure. They did not wear depends and they were fine. Really? Yeah. It's up to you. I mean, they give you them because your body's leaking and things change. Yeah. But like my girlfriend's told no, me like. No, because your, your, your labia is, um, is swollen. Like right. your, 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 your body parts are swollen. You just pushed a baby out your badge and it's so swollen and you, maybe you've got been cut. The, you know, the stitches are still raw. You, you need, ice. it's like an ice pack. It's a frozen diaper. It serves as an ice pack. As a barrier between oh your vagina and the mesh underwear. <laughs> I'm telling you, pregnancy is nothing. It's the afterward. It's the six weeks after you have the baby. The things that come out of your vagina, that's to me the worst part. Or the contractions that you have when you're breastfeeding, they're worse than your pre-labor contractions. <laughs> and they're worse the more children you have. Like, this baby, three days after I deliver, you don't want to send me a text message. How are they post uh, labor contractions. And I'm probably going to say, I want to knife somebody right now because they're <laughs> so painful. But those are the things that people don't tell you about. So I'm saying pregnancy is a piece of cake. It's like the, what happens after that's annoying. Or you have to take a water bottle and squeeze your vagina because it keeps bleeding. <laughs> oh yeah. Joyful. Uh, my girlfriend told me that she had the ice pack, but she told me she chose not to wear the depends and she just wore her own like Thick underwear, like, like, and she, like yeah, that she liked. That were very soft and comfortable, and she just like okay. Now she's like she had the C section. No, she had vaginal. Uh, she's uh, she's a unicorn. I don't understand her. I don't know if we could relate. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not against diapers. I just I, I I've heard I've heard it both ways. You're holding like, out. I, I, yeah, I mean, like I'm sure at the end of the day, I'll end up being like, "This shit hurts," and give me a depends. Maybe they could. Maybe they have them in pink. <laughs> like little. Yeah, but you know what the weird thing is. The weird thing is you forget about all of it. You just get over it. You're like, whatever. It's like a. It's like when you hike up Runyon Canyon. <laughs> In the beginning of it, you're like, "This shit sucks." <laughs> and then you come down the hill and you're like, that was kind of fun. I don't know. I'll do it next weekend. You forget. Right. Right. Well, everyone tells me that you like forget also like your actual like labor and like what you go through. And that's, that's like God's way of making sure you reproduce. <laughs> Probably. But I'm somebody who really likes labor. So I'm not really normal. Wait, you like labor? I love it. Oh my god, I love Wait, it! Well, I live, well, I'm yeah, sorry. I love it. Back up. Please Sorry, explain. explain. Please explain. Well, I'm a, I, I'm an athlete, so mm-hmm. I think of it as like a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Olympics, and your and it's like your body your body's testing you. It's really not just a, a physical challenge; it's a mental challenge. So I find that 
like my girlfriends who are in the room would tell you that I go into a zone. And it's just like, a, it's a mind over matter thing. And so once you're done, you're so proud of the physical and mental accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And then you have this gorgeous baby that smells like heaven's raindrops mm-hmm. put onto your chest. Aww. And then you're looking at this baby and you're like, I don't know if there's ever been a more adorable baby. And then you look across the room and your husband is crying and the nurses are all like, you did such a great job. And your friends are there. Like my girlfriend's the last baby. They were like, that is one of the most unbelievable experiences I've had. It's mirac- like a miracle from God. And you have this like deep bond with the people that were there to experience this incredibly special moment. And there are a few things in life where you look back and you're like, I would take, I would want that moment over and over and over again. I mean, my son is six years old and he was going to sleep last night. He's like, I love you, mom. And I'm just like rubbing his head and I'm reliving that moment in my head at the moment that he came out and was placed on my chest. And it's like, you know, that is, those moments are divine. That's the only way to put it. And it's once somebody has a baby, they would totally agree with me that they're, it's such an incredibly special moment. It's the most heavenly moment. And you're so bonded with that child and the person that caught you pregnant and the, mm-hmm. the people in the room. I mean, it's such a special experience. And that's probably why I keep trying to have it because I mean, even now I'm pregnant and I think, gosh, I'm going to be sad that this is the last time this happens to me because it's just so special. And it, the relationship with your children special. It's just creating a family is such a, such an incredible experience. It doesn't matter to me if you give birth to that child, if you adopt that child, if that child's a foster child, the opportunity to become a family in some way is such a beautiful gift in life. It really is. It's so special. Yeah, that's so sweet. I mean, that melts my heart. (laughs) That's, that's just like, that's just so amazing. So this is definitely it. Like, this is your last, you don't think you could have one more. You want one more. Well, I don't, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm like this broad hold, but then at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, stranger things to happen. After we had our gender reveal and my son had a nervous breakdown and says, I'm in another girl. <laughs> my, my daughter turned to me, my four-year-old and said, well, mom, maybe next time you'll have a boy. <laughs> No, I don't know. I think my husband thinks like I'm. Um, he's like, I think that you you probably have a some sort of mental issue that you want to be pregnant all the time. But I just love. <laughs> I really am like very grateful to have a baby. And I know there's so many women that have fertility problems. Absolutely breaks my heart. And I I think that sometimes people, or at least they've said to me, like you're you know you're so lucky. And believe me, I don't take that moment for granted. Um, but you know, it's been a real there have been so many struggles that I've had in my life that, you know, I sort of feel like this is the one thing that is kind of like kind of worked for me. Um, and you know, like kind of went my way. Um, and I think no, that's I why know. I'm so grateful for every time that I've been able to carry a child because it's so, you know, in the same way that other people probably sometimes forget how fortunate they are to have a mom and a dad, you know, I didn't have that kind of thing. So, you know, every time I have a child and I bring another baby home, I'm very conscious of, you know, how lucky I am. And I never take that for granted. Never, 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 never. That's, I mean, 
Let me ask, do you have a relationship with your mom? Does she have a relationship with, with the kids or grandkids? Well, she lives in Philadelphia. Um, so, and she's a, a professor, so she, an editor, so she doesn't really have the time. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm the only person to say this in the world, but I just have a very complicated relationship. And who doesn't? So it doesn't, I struggle as an adult with, how much I want to talk to my parents because I don't think that I've totally overcome what happened to me as a child. It's really hard to navigate once you have children and you come from my kind of background because you're constantly confronted by the things that you lacked as a child. So, you know, while I want to forgive and move on, it still troubles me. Um, so I, I, I feel quite conflicted about it and, I I feel like um, I live on the other side of the country and I have this really special family unit and I try to protect them um, from hearing, uh, you know, nonsense. Like, like I can't I can't have my father come here and because my eight-year-old is at an age where she'll start asking questions. What was my mom like as a child? How is he going to explain to them? Well, you know, I abandoned her. So I never really saw her until she was 33, from like 2 to 33. And because my daughter's going to say, well, why would you do that? You know, his answers are not satisfactory. So then I'm going to get upset because I get frustrated because the answers that he have are not sufficient. And there's not necessarily um, any regret in the way that I would want it to be. So, and that's what's complicated and I feel conflicted about. So... Like I said, I, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not the only person in the world that's experienced that, but I don't know. I just uh, I'm not. I, I don't think I've really wrapped the whole thing around my brain yet. So I'm just measured in my how much communication I want. It's. I mean, look. It's. I think it's hard for for anyone. I mean, it's very weird. I I sort of relate to this in a strange way as an adult. Because my parents, and I love them, and I'm close to them on a certain level, but I'll tell you, like, my parents never stood up for me my whole life. Like, even now as as an adult, like, I've never, and, and like, I'll be honest about it. So this, I had, like, a really bad weekend. Um, I had to escape someone breaking into my building. Yeah, poor man. Long story short, which was a terrifying experience. I'm lucky I had my wits about me, nothing bad happened but it was it was scary and when I explained it to my mom she's like well you're fine now I'm like I I just guess no one gives gives a shit it's like I'm almost more offended that no one gives a shit more than and I told my dad what happened like that they don't really care or don't choose to think about what could have happened than than the actual incident itself and I'm just like okay this is who they are. And like, there are some amazing things about my parents. They taught me how to be really independent to not rely on anyone else. But then there are things where I'm like, what fucking planet are you from? You people are so cold. <laughs> I was worried. I could ask me if you were. I know okay. everyone is like, Oh my God, are you? Cause I, I talked about it in a few Facebook groups. I didn't like put it on my regular Facebook. Cause I, I just didn't, I, I didn't want to, but I wanted to like, Warn people also because I someone I went to college with was um, murdered at in in a parking garage, 
I, I just like oh, wanted wow. to sort of remind everyone to be super safe. To, like have your key. Had I been fumbling for my keys, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. I had my keys in my hand. I had my wits about me. And that was, well, I, I think, think the thing. this is an example of how life's complicated because that emotional wound, you will fill part of that wound or heal part of that wound when you have a child and you say to Justin, we will make a commitment to each other that we will always stand up for our child. And every time she has an experience where someone needs to be your advocate and you step into that role, it's, you know, healing that part of the wound. But then the shitty part about it is there will be other things in life that come up that remind you of that fact that you didn't have someone to stand up for you. And it that remains open. And so that's why parenthood and growing older is complicated. Like, for me, I just had no recognition. So um, for me, it's not like professional stuff that gets to me. It's more personal. So like, you know, like baby showers. I've always thrown my own baby showers, which are karaoke parties. But I don't have, I don't really have anyone in my life that will say, oh, can I throw a party for you? And my husband would say, if you were sitting here, oh, yeah, but you don't want anybody to throw a party for you. And I'm always like, no, I act that way because I have protect myself because I know no one will. You know, so it's like a silly thing like that to other people. But that's that's those are the moments where or like, uh, you know, my husband's always stressed out with work because he runs a software company. And, you know, my back is starting to tingle a little bit because my hips are kind of shifting. And last night he was so stressed out with work and I didn't want to like bother him about, you know, well, you know, it seems so insignificant to say, oh, my back hurt. And then I start getting emotional also because my hormones are cuckoo birds. Because I think this is the moment where a parent would call and check in on you and say, okay, are you having your vitamins? Like, are you like, did you work out today? Did you? So it's things that's, it's, my point is this is like, as you get older, things sneak up on you and maybe you're not going to have the breakdown that you would at an, as a nine year old, but they're still painful. And we just have to figure out as we get older, how to walk through that, those painful moments, um, and, and, and not take them so personally. Like I try to look back, especially at an age where, you know, my parent, you know, my, my, my dad would have been, I don't know, at my age now, he would, I would have been like, I don't know, nine or something. And I try to compare myself to him at that age. And I'm like, I would have nothing in common with this person. So why would I call and ask them for advice now? Like, I wouldn't even go out to lunch with them, except for the fact that we yeah. may or may not be related. So I feel like we're all sort of meant to have these sort of challenges. And you just have to figure, and there's not one person in this world that's without challenges. They're all just different. So it's our responsibility to be respectful of other people's challenges and to try to find ways to relate to them and to help them in those moments. Because um, the only way we can sort of make them, make our way through them is to lean on others. I don't know. It's like, it's just so complicated. I always say having children is like, you fill the certain holes in your body that were there as a child, but then new ones open because you're confronted with the things that you lacked as a kid. I feel like I'm talking in circles, really. 
No, no, this super, is like it's super relatable. No, but I, like, it's true. I it's totally like no matter understand. what stand. Yeah, and it's true. Like no matter what kind of um, you know parenting you went through, like now you're now you're becoming a parent, and all these things like come forward. And it's true. Like my parents, like I love them to death, and I. But I was telling Amanda this. Like right now, I'm feeling very smothered because they're overly like protective, and they're like overly like, "Where are you doing this? Are you doing that?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, yes, I'm doing all those things. Like just I'm okay. Let me be." Like, Mm -hmm. I love you, but like, um, I don't need you to call me six times today because you're freaked out that I'm 37. Now you're, you're Jewish, correct? I'm half Jewish. My dad's Jewish. My mom's I think that's, that's a totally cultural because my Jewish friends will complain about their friends or their parents say, she's like, you know, it's cold outside. You might need a sweater. And I like laugh at them. I'm like, that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> so it's like, what, what, one something that bothers you would totally be uh, a dream for another person. So I think that's well, another life lesson. No, like you have to appreciate the things that you have. You know. No, you're totally right. It's like the grass is you know greener on the other side. But it's like lately, like I love my mom to death. Like right now, she's literally blowing me up. She's like, I called you three times today. Why aren't you answering? Oh my like, god! I'm like, I'm like, my phone went to voicemail earlier. I was dealing with something. Now I'm podcasting. Like I'll call you later this evening. I don't. I, I can't talk to you right now. And she's like, Oh, okay. You know, it's like I feel bad because I can hear her voice through the phone. Like, Oh, God. oh okay, Allie. But I want to talk to you. And I'm like, I love you, Mom. Like I, I want to scream through the phone. Like I'm okay. I'm yeah, but Allie, you know, you're, you're gonna be exactly like this. You do you get that? You're gonna be like this with your daughter too. No, my husband told me I'm not allowed to be. I got to find, I got to find a middle. I feel like I'm, I do feel like I'm personally going to be like my mom because even because my mom just like was like, oh, you'll figure it out. Like she was very like, like, you know, with certain things are like, I'll tell it to Allie. Allie's like worried about things. I'm, or like when you hear about like the car seat or like the million things, I'm like, you know, People squat in the fields in other countries <laughs> and other cultures and have babies. Like, yep. don't be worried. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll figure, figure, you'll figure it, out. it out. Like, it'll find its way out of your vagina. Yeah. Everything will be Probably. fine. And it's it's That's weird. Right. Like, I feel like I have weird maternal instincts, even though I only have dogs right <laughs> now. But I I That's feel true. it yeah. coming on. You know. Well, you will have the baby in your own time. Don't feel rushed. I mean, it, I kind of, yeah. I don't have to like sooner rather than, rather than later. But I, I also know people who have had children. I mean, I'm under 40, but like, I know people who've had children in their mid forties. My oh, mom's yeah. best friend had yeah. twins at 49. Yeah, look at, look at my oh my gosh. Wow. They have a baby girl and she's 45. It, so I'm not really, but yeah. you know, I, I want to have one. I want to have one soon. I just have, it's just not, I need another year to do stuff. Long story short, you know? <laughs> and by the way, the, the year will fly by. Yeah. I told her that. I know. I'm like, just wait, mm-hmm. like it's going to fly. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh my God, I, I need another six months. <laughs> it's, there are just like a few things I really want to do before I have a baby. And I'm just worried that I won't get to do, like, I really want to go to England to go back to London by myself. Like I even told my husband, I want to go to London for like three days without you. <laughs> like, I you just want to go alone in London. Yeah. Totally. 
I know. I told Justin, I was like, uh, before we obviously really plan on getting pregnant, I was like, oh, I want to like go to like Europe with you since you've never been. And then I was like, I was pregnant and I was like, okay, or maybe like after the baby's, you know, a little bit older, we'll either take her or mm-hmm. my parents can watch her and we'll go to, you know, England and we'll go to Europe and we'll do that now that that's off the table. Like now I'm just shifting things because, you know, I mean, I didn't expect to get pregnant so quick, but <laughs> you literally oh like, you and other people we know just forget like oh I forgot to take the pill and like you get pregnant two seconds later yeah but I mean I literally said to you like you and I had talked about it like a few months before and I was like oh I'll probably start trying like maybe this summer late fall remember and it was like I don't know like we'll see and then I like randomly just got off the pill and was like but my doctor said like six months to a year because I've been on the pill since I was 15 curse you doctor and it was like three weeks later by the way you're pregnant (laughs) I mean it's it was crazy but you know I mean like you said Kate like you just kind of go with the chaos you go with the chaos that's it you figure it out figure it out exactly yeah I feel like she's gonna be like the best accessory to my life like as soon as I feel acclimated and as soon as I feel like good and I'm like ready to go I've got all the different cute little like wearing you know wraps and cute things that I want to put in front of me and like she's gonna go with me and like that's gonna be it mm-hmm. totally you need to it's order the so, it's so fun Amanda's obsessed with the Gucci. I love the Gucci. They don't make it anymore, but they sell like used ones on the real real. And I just think they're the cutest thing. (laughs) Wait, a a Gucci what? The Gucci baby carrier. Oh, for the love of God. That's the biggest (laughs) waste of money I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I know. I don't know what it is. I I almost want to get pregnant just to order this stupid Gucci baby care. I want nothing else. I don't want furniture. I just want the little, like, Gucci baby carrier because it's just so ridiculous. (laughs) And it's so insane. I have to have it. I have very strange priorities. This is hysterical. <laughs> no, I have like a bunch of different cute wraps. Like I have the Moby wrap and I have the Petunia pickle bottom wrap with Moby. I have the, the Ergo baby. I have the, the oh new crew that's like the skin contact one. Like oh I have all God. these fun little, like I'm I just excited to play with these like contraptions. Oh my, <laughs> I know there's like so much stuff. Wait, let me ask you, as someone who's pregnant with her fifth kid, yes. what stuff don't does everyone like think they need but really oh, you don't need? Question. Well, half the shit that you got, you're not gonna even use. Sorry. I hate to break it to you. You're never gonna use a bottle warmer. You're never gonna use um half the bottles that you get. You're only probably gonna use three swaddle blankets, so all the extras are just nonsense. You do need uh, at least two um crib sheets. You need, like, you don't need 17 baby blankets. There's going to be one blanket they really love, and the rest are a waste of space. <laughs> um, what else do you not? Like, you're going to need a pack of pacifiers. Then again, the baby might not even like the pacifiers. Onesies, just plain, the dumb outfits with, like, the tutu skirt and all that. I mean, they're not going to wear that crap until they're, like, six months old. <laughs> baby shoes are the biggest waste of shit. The baby doesn't wear shoes until they walk. Putting shoes on a baby is a waste of time. They don't walk. Why are you putting them in Converse? Stupid. Don't waste your money on shoes. Um, baby hats. Lots of kids don't even like wearing a hat. 
uh, gear, you need a stroller. I'm like very anti-stroller. Like once the kid's like 18 months, once they walk really, I'm like, you need to figure out how to never be in a stroller again. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to collapse that crap and put it in my car. Um, baby Bjorn, I use all the time. Um, like the pack, but what is it? The pack and play, which is like, you just basically, it's like an econo by bottom and you stick the baby seat into the small little stroller. Use that for like the first three, four months. These dumb strollers with like, especially the ones where it's like the baby's laying all the way on their back. No baby wants to lay on their back. They want to be <laughs> sort of sitting upright to look at shit. Like those are the dumbest piece of waste of space ever. A carrot? Um, it's like, I forget what they're called. Um, the fancier the stroller, the more ridiculous it is. <laughs> I will tell you that. Bugaboo or something. Like they had this model. I remember it was like the baby was never sort of, it was like they were laying flat on their back. And I just, it's my experience that most babies like to be, especially if you have a baby that has acid reflux, that's of no help to you. Um, okay. Products you need definitely are uh, grape water, which is homeopathic and helps them get the gas out. And they're going to have gas all the time. Um, baby ibuprofen. Um, Oh, teething tablets. They're homeopathic, and you can get them at, like, a health food store on Amazon. Um, don't buy those stupid necklaces with the, with the, what is it, like, their amber beads to help with cheating. I don't think they work at all. Oh, the, the, don't the let people like buy you. Yeah, they don't work. That's stupid. And, like, who wants to put a necklace on their baby? Don't <laughs> have people buy you those weird necklaces, the chew beads, because no baby of yours is going to, like, chew on your necklace. Like, it, I don't, I never had that experience. Um, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of this stuff is, like, not essential. And, like, if I tell you it's essential, you should know it's essential. <laughs> So did you learn this, you think, like, over, like, a bunch of your kids? Or, like, was it pretty apparent to you after, like, your first baby? Or, you know, because, like, obviously with the first, I'm sure you had a lot more stuff coming in. And it was a lot more of, like, a whole to-do and, like, everybody is with their first. And then, like, of course, as you kind of have more, you're more experienced and, like, you're in the game. And it's no longer, like, a, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. This is a whole new thing. But, yeah, the more kids you have, the less stuff that you get or want. I don't actually own a baby bag. I'm never going to use a diaper, like a diaper bag. I just put a diaper, an extra diaper and wipes in my regular purse. I don't have, I don't have one of those things you lay down on the ground. I don't have all this medicine. I don't have all those bottles. You don't need a diaper bag. I don't like, you don't need a diaper bag. Stick, carry a tote bag, throw a pack of diapers and like, or two diapers just for backup and some wipes. That's all you need. I was like, I mean, I get that. Like, as long as you have that, you're set, right? I mean, people have one baby and they're like, oh, my God, we've got to go on a trip. i got to pack up all the stuff. You don't need all that stuff. It's a waste of your space. Interesting. With bottles, because I, I, so funny you said that, like, because I already returned a bunch of bottles. I've gotten so many, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to exchange it for diapers. I'm going to exchange it for wipes. Like, what bottles, like, did, did your kids like, and do you feel like, you know, kind of obviously. I like, uh, the, I, there. I like the, I like the Dr. Brown bottles. I think they're, they're really good. Um, like don't spend so much money on a, what is it, the, of the breast pump. Uh-huh. Like, you don't even know how long you're going to breastfeed for. Right. I don't know. It's like, it's a big investment for something that you might not even use that long. Like, right. I don't know. Don't make yourself crazy. 
Right. Um, yeah. The bottom warmer is the thing that I'm always like, you do not need to put it in the damn microwave. Like, no one needs the bottle warmer. <laughs> so wait, with the bottle warmer, did you use that at all? Or like, did you just, you know, not bother warming it up and just gave your kids like regular, you know, milk? Like regular you No, know, you like you get a you get take a bowl out of your cabinet, fill it with warm water, put the bottle in the warm water bowl. That's cost you no money. It doesn't mm-hmm. the same effect. That's it. I mean you're only warming up three, four ounces of milk. Or if you do, or if your baby's having formula, you take this filter on your sink that has, you put a squirt of hot water and a squirt of cold water. It evens out to be warm. You put the powder in, <laughs> the baby's fed right away. You're a myth. Like when I get pregnant, I'm going to like email you all the time because you're definitely like a person after my own heart. Where like I just don't. I, I feel, feel like the amount of shit people have when they have kids is seemingly endless. Or things you it's think people. So and it's like, it's, you know what you do is I had this. Um, when I had my first baby, my best friend had already. My best friend has five kids. My best friend yeah. had already had a baby before me, so she did my baby registry for me. Oh wow, Allie! Put that you on your, do your own registry. That's like going. That's like going. Think about your own wedding registry. Think about the nonsense you put on. You're like, no, like really, I should have this waffle maker, and if I don't have this, like crystal vase, it's gonna be like I'm. I'm never gonna like live it down. And you don't even use half the stuff. It's like that with a baby registry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You know what? If people, well, if people really want to know what to get people, they should get them gift cards for Target. <laughs> you're going to spend yeah. so much money buying diapers, wipes, and formula there. Right. Totally. No, I mean, that's so true. I was, I just put on my blog yesterday for my mommy Monday. I was actually like really lucky. This company reached out to me called the Goo Goo Guru. And like, oh my God. they have a whole like concierge baby registry team. And they reached out to me months ago because they saw me on strip, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, we'd love to help you. And they were like super helpful because like kind of how you are like being real and going totally. through. Yeah. They're all like moms and they're all professionals. And they went through my registry with me and they're like, take that off. You already got that. Take that and go return it and get it for this. Mm-hmm. Like they went through mm-hmm. every single thing with me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like this is so helpful for someone who has no flipping clue, like what I'm doing, what I should have mm-hmm. on there, what I shouldn't have on there. Like it was, it's really helpful. And I'm still going through the notes they gave me to like, now that I have a bunch of stuff I've gotten to like, go take back and return. Like you said, like it, it mean, it really does like help you when you have someone who can be like, you don't need half this shit. You do need these things. Like you can return this and get this instead, which is better. Like it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game. Just ask somebody you already had a child. <laughs> totally, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, um, so for me as an almost new mom, <laughs> um, do you have, what's like your advice to me? I mean, obviously there's so much, but like, what would be one thing that you would tell me, like, I should really know, or I should really like, you know. Best mommy tips. Yeah. Well, the first thing out of the gate is you need to be very clear with people about who you want in the room and and after you have the baby. One of my kids, I think it was my third, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in my hospital recovery room the day after. I've got a catheter bag hanging out on the side mm-hmm. of the bed, okay? I'm in a robe. I look like I just went through a tornado. And I had somebody visit, and they brought their husband along. And I was like, oh, what's wrong with you? So you just have to 
set some guidelines for people. Like, I'd love to have you visit me, but wait until I get home. Right. Something like that. Um, so that's the first thing. Also, if you're going to, are you going to have like a babysitter help you with the baby like right after? Uh, my mom and dad are actually coming out at the end of this month and um, are so excited because it's their first grandbaby. And then so are Justin's. So okay. we're going to have. You're going to go through. You need to have a conversation with them and say, I'm going to be batshit crazy in the three weeks after I have the baby. You have to understand that about me. You cannot take it personally if I yell at you. I know that you already had a baby, you had a baby, you know, 30, you know, two years ago, but times have changed. So, um, accept how I want things done with my child, understand that I'm batshit crazy for a little while and we'll weather the storm fine because there's going to be little things, especially if they're staying with you that are going to absolutely drive you bananas. And you're going to think there's nobody that can take care of my baby the way I can, or maybe my husband. Sometimes you think you're going to get pissed at your husband, but you need to have a conversation beforehand and be like, I recognize the fact I'm going to be crazy and you need to be patient with me. But I find that these parents, they think like, for example, times have changed. You cannot have the baby sleep on the stomach. It's bad news bears. So they're like, Oh, well, Allie, you remember I did have a baby 32 years ago. You would be like, yeah, well, guess what? Do you want to go through the birthing classes at the hospital the way I did? Because times have changed, Tomas. Like, you can no longer do that. So I would say those two things. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's really important to use your voice. So if you're exhausted, if you need help around the house, if you need people to run errands, you have to give people a list because they are not psychics. And they can't assess the situation and know how to help you. So if you want to be um, really effective in those first three weeks, whoever's helping you, make a list of things that you need done um, and just make them aware that you're going to be crazy. Some people are, like, super strict about sleeping schedule and bottles and stuff like that. I'm just not one of those people. Right. And you just have to say to the people that are going to be around you, um, Whatever, whatever program I'm working on, you got to get on board. Right. I'm figuring it out as I go, but I just need you to support me. Right. Um, okay. Give yourself, like, you're going to have a baby. Your stomach's not going to go down for, like, I don't know, kind of depends on each person. But don't look in the mirror and think to yourself, I want to I wanna cry into a basket because <laughs> I still look like an inflated balloon. Your stomach will go back rest assured just like be a little bit patient you're going if you're breastfeeding you're going to be extremely thirsty if you're not going to believe how thirsty you are but also you might keep some of that extra weight on people don't tell you that breastfeeding those are like i love these women like what i lost my weight breastfeeding well you know what that's not for everybody because i always find like i keep like three extra pounds on because i'm so damn hungry from feeding the baby so you know, if if you don't see your old body go back right away, like, just keep that in mind. Like, everybody's, it's like somebody giving you diet advice. Like, great. It works for you, not for me. Um, uh, what else? Um, every baby's different. You cannot compare your baby to another baby. So your asshole friend comes over and they're like, well, Francesca's sleeping through the night. And meanwhile, you know, your little baby is like the shittiest sleeper in the world. Don't beat yourself up. Every, every baby's different. You know what? Right. Francesca might be a, uh, probably going to regress. Like, I have something to say in a salon, say. 
oh, and they're the greatest baby, and they're only four months old, and they're sleeping through the night. Well, chances are, at seven months, the baby's probably going to have breast. So I get off on a high horse. But what is the, the director at uh, my kids' school said this to me once? Um, comparison is the thief, thief of joy. So for you to spend time comparing your baby or your body or your parenting, you know, inabilities to somebody else is robbing you of the joy of the experience that you're having. Just don't do it. Right. But, you know, we all figured out and just be mindful, like, I think you're going to be surprised how much you love that baby. (laughs) Um, I personally have never experienced postpartum, but I've had many friends that have. And so, I mean, I can't speak for them, but maybe they would say, if something doesn't feel right, that you should tell your OBGYN. Make an appointment. Don't wait until the six-week appointment. Call them. Tell them. Like, something's not right. Totally. It's not normal to have the baby and think, I'm a terrible mother. Um, I don't want to be around the baby. Those are all bad signs. And you should, and it's fixable. You can fix it. It's not, you're not a bad mother. You can fix it. Right. It's, your, it's like the chemicals in your brain. Totally. Um, and you can fix it. So just be really honest communication with your partner and with your doctor and just to be really patient. It's like, I always say, um, I wrote an article on my website called Parenting in the Weeds. You're in the weeds in the first year. You're trying to save your pants, and you just sort of have to wing it and be kind to yourself and don't, like, beat yourself up. It's, you know, like, I just think the best thing in life is just to laugh at everything. You should be on everything and just look at everything as funny and you'll be fine. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And it's like everyone's different, and you just kind of – figure it out. And that's like kind of what I've been telling myself. And as I've been kind of wrapping things up with work and like doing what I need to do, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just focus on myself and the baby. And I'm not going to feel guilty about things that don't happen. And I'm just going to do as much as I can do. And that's it. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it's all, it'll all be fine. And Amanda, your time's going to come. But until then, you need to smoke cigarettes on your couch, watch a lot of TV. <laughs> And drink a bottle of wine and just enjoy yourself because it all happens at the time that it's supposed to happen. But my God, if I, like, I always think, God, I remember those old days when I used to get bored like that. I don't have a chance to get bored anymore. And I miss that. Like sitting on my computer and playing solitaire. Like, God, that would be such an awesome time. <laughs> I do it on my phone so, whenever I'm on a plane. I get it. Yeah, it's just nice. So and it's all, you know, listen, all the stuff is so fun. It's fun. All of it's fun. And you're going to figure out a way to wedge everything you want into the time. And you just rely on other people and have like a good laugh about something every day. We're all fine. And by the way, the last thing I would say is that you are not going to believe how much more into your husband you're going to be. Really? All husbands are a pain in the ass. My husband's a real pain in the ass. But I tell you, the moment that your husband holds your baby you are going to cry your face off because oh. the love that you have for him it becomes so much deeper. Um, and you're such a, like, it's such a great partnership. Um, you, it's just crazy. I always say, you think you like your husband now, wait till you have a baby with them. And you're like, I don't know. It's like crazy. 
Oh my God. Wait, okay. I have a question. So I'm good with that. Were you, this is total TMI. So feel free. Yes or no, whatever. Were you like super horny at the end of your pregnancy where you just like wanted to have sex all the time? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely way more in the sex when you're pregnant for yeah. sure. Which is weird because you're like not cute, but like your hormones, you know, yeah, are just out of whack. You're cute though. Allie oh, is very cute. You. My mom always says how good you look pregnant. Oh, and when you. I'm pregnant, she'll tell me how awful. Uh, no, she won't. Oh, she like, won't. like last night, like I'm like begging for it. And I'm like, I feel pathetic. And Justin's like, I love you. And I'm like, I don't want to hurt her. And I'm like, I don't know how many times our provider has to tell you you're not hurting, <laughs> like, you're not hurting her. Like I bring it up at every appointment. Like it's fine. It's actually really good at the end of like, the home stretch of like with like getting labor going and like having oxytocin and all these things and he's just like uh, I'm afraid I'm afraid and I'm like oh my god and like finally your like, penis <laughs> I need your penis and like finally last night he gave in and then like this morning he's like are you happy and I was like yes very thank you like I needed that and he like thinks I'm crazy and I'm just like and I told my one girlfriend and she's like oh my god no I was not having sex for the last months at all and I'm like oh my god there's got to be someone else who's horny like me <laughs> Totally. It's funny, though, because in those moments, you're like, God, now I understand how much it sucks to be a guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know? I you're another, like, wow. <laughs> I, I have a quick question for you, and I'm sure you have to ghost and you've been so generous with your time, but I wanted to ask you quickly about your podcast. What? You've okay. had like, Wait, so switch many. <laughs> no. You've, I wanted to ask this. No, you've had so many amazing guests, and I wanted to know, like, who is your dream guest and who's been, who's been amazing? Like who's surprised you in a good way and who surprised you in a bad way? The worst person was this bachelor, no bachelorette contestant. I I mean, (laughs) that guy was garbage. I mean, he's a horrible person. Um, and most of the people I actually end up liking, um, I have to say some of my favorites are, Rachel Duffy from Real World San Francisco. We have totally different political ideologies, but she and I found so many things in common in terms of like, she's got eight kids and we have very similar philosophies on like raising families. And we're both really, you know, we have a political background and we're, we can be quite cerebral about things. And we're both really fascinated by pop culture and the intersection of pop culture and politics. So I loved our conversation and she'll be a friend of mine forever. I just interviewed Kelly Wolf, who is on Real World New Orleans, and she's, you know, married to Scott Wolf, but she's been off television for 20 years, and now she's, you know, a therapist and like a life coach, and she had such interesting perspective on how fame affects your brain, and she's a mom with three kids, and I I felt like we'll be friends forever now. Um, I like that. I really liked... Yeah, it was a really. I really one. liked um, Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore. <laughs> I found him to be incredibly thoughtful and honest, and his evolution since the show was really interesting to me, and gave me really great insight on the impact of fame. Let me see who else. Um, I always say uh, Tom Sandoval is, or not. I mm. like Tom Sandoval very much from Vanderpump Rules, but Tom Schwartz, I find him. Incredible really endearing and oh he's um, so sweet i really liked him as a person a lot mm. i think he's like a really really good person um yeah. spencer pratt i i consider him a friend and i think he is really really smart incredibly talented he's a very loyal person and 
um, has has been a very great has been a very good confidant for me. So I would say they're just some off the top of my head. I just interviewed Shana Mulkler this morning at her house, and I thought she was really interesting oh, and wow. really insightful. I enjoyed her. So I don't know, lots of people. That's awesome. I mean, you like, we both obviously listen to your podcast and you do yeah. have amazing guests. And it's funny. We've been like playing. We've been podcast playing tag with, with Spencer. Spencer Pratt for like six months Literally, now. It's like a joke now because like before they had the baby. Like, and I'm like, she hates to, us. Like, like to get, like get it together. And then like Spencer like said it was crazy. And then like literally like when we were supposed to go over there, like things changed. And then Heidi had the baby the following week. So now obviously again, being a new mom and I'm getting acclimated. Like he hasn't had a minute. So now we just started talking again. And I'm like, Oh, Spencer, I'm at the end of my pregnancy. So it's like this like ongoing joke of like eventually, but it was funny. I said to him, I'm like, so, you know, in my um, room, like I'm going to have crystals. And I was like, what do you recommend? And he's like, Moonstone. Moonstone. And that was Hands it. down. And I was like, okay. All right. You guys, like, I, I have to say, the whole crystal thing is kind of like, um, I'm lost on, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to be interviewing his wife soon, Heidi. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Heidi and I'm, I'm excited to hear that interview about her being a new mom, but I don't know, me personally, like, I have wearing crystals on my wrist. I bet, bet your me ass in, in labor, like, there may be many things that come off. Those won't leave my arm. Like I am like obsessed with my crystals. So you're like so nutty. <laughs> That's what my dad says. He's like, I don't get it. I'm like, you don't have to. I feel it. I gave Amanda a bracelet. By, no, like, I'm wearing it right now. All the time and she's noticed things have changed. I, I see the crystals next energy. to my bed. It, yeah. It's weird. And I've written articles about it and I've read something in time. And it is, they say that it's like mostly a placebo effect. But the placebo effect is very real, <laughs> and I'm totally cool with it. And like, I See, think I don't even think it's full placebo. I really think there's certain things. Listen, we all know life is energy. We all know, like, like no, no, no. I, I, I agree, energy. I agree to a certain respect, but I think a lot of it is placebo. Of course, well, also, also it's giving you a positive mindset yeah. to manifest good things, and it puts you in a mindset of like, this is good energy. This is this. But I still believe, like, I, I mean, ever since I got into them years ago, and sort of wearing them and like researching like I definitely noticed my own mindset and yes Kate you can call me nutty but I swear there will be oh, crystals no, yeah, I know, right? there will be crystals when I give when, when I give birth and there will definitely be crystals in my daughter's nursery so <laughs> okay whatever floats your boat I'm somebody with like five psychic friends personally like they're in my like immediate circle of friends so I you know yeah so you get five. it yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's a little fucking weird, but I feel like it works for us. I mean, yeah, I mean, we just had one of our really good friend, uh, 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 Chris, um, on uh, Medina for um, the podcast. You should have him on yours. And Yeah, you should totally have him on yours. And we had him on again. We've had him a couple times. And he said to me, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, like he's looking at my crystals and this and that. And he's like, oh, she has great energy. He's like, you're going to drop. And this was like a week and a half ago. He's like, you're going to drop twice. But like, you're going to drop in the next few days, not expecting to. And it, and this and that. And, and then you did. And literally I did. And like, I'm sure there's a coincidence, but like the things you like to said say. from my pregnancy from the beginning to now, it's pretty spot on. So it's, uh, it's interesting, you know? Interesting. I need to know this Chris Medina. 
Yeah, we'll introduce you. You well, should totally we'll have him on. You, yeah. He's really, he's a psychic. He's super cool. Really you'll, lo- nice. you'll love, you'll, you'll love him. He's he, really cool. He's very realistic, though. He's not like. Yeah, no, he's not like a crazy. He's not, yeah. Like, he's very in tune to reality as much as you could be if you're a psychic. Exactly. Okay. Totally. Yeah, you would, you, you, would, you would like him for sure. Like when he was on our show, I asked him, I'm like, so do you use your psychic power to figure out what supermarket line is yes, going to be the shortest? Because <laughs> that, that's something that like you need, like I, I want to know all the time which one is going to be the shortest because I always pick the wrong one. Oh, I'm, yeah, I feel like I always pick the wrong lane too. And then I get so mad. First world problems. (laughs) It's a first world until you're waiting seven minutes and you have one item and the person in front of you is looking for a coupon and I'm like, can I give you a dollar to make this go faster? (laughs) (laughs) You get a dollar off and so I can please get me out of the yard. Oh my oh god. god. Well, um obviously we always love having you we on. We love having you, you for, on. You're you such know, an inspiration. Your, yeah, thank, thank you. you for all your support to our podcast and everything that you always, you know, do for us. And um obviously you have so much going on with the baby coming and all these Is there anything things. you want to promote yeah, other, anything, than, yeah, other than other than the pod. or like talk about Well, first of all, I just remembered I did write a book. called <laughs> 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 um you know you're pregnant when you can find that on Amazon. Um, I'm, uh, blah, blah, blah. So my podcast is called Reality Life with Kate Casey, um, and it's every Friday. Although I have bonus episodes that pop up once in a while, okay. I've got a really fun Facebook page called Reality Life with Kate Casey, and the people in it are really funny and really smart and That's incredibly insightful. Love being a part of that. Um, no one's like a garbage person. They're not allowed in. So <laughs> that's fun. And um, I tweet during television shows at KKC. My Instagram is at KKCGA. And I'm working on today, I'm going to re- recreate a Kourtney Kardashian picture. So check that out. Yeah, and I always have a, a I know. baby in my uterus. And I'm in the carpool line. And I'm at CVS. I'll be at Ralph picking up milk probably in two days from now. So you can see me around. I love it. Oh my god. And by the way, you always wear it better. Yeah, always, always. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm trying to <laughs> locate right now I'm trying to find pink sweatpants somewhere. So I've been texting my friend. Oh, I love it. Pink sweatpants. That's I fun. love pink sweatpants. I definitely have a pair. If you were closer to me, I'd be like, here you go. <laughs> I, I don't own a lot of pink clothes. I just don't. Yeah, I do. I'm a total girly girl like that. Amanda always makes fun of me. I have a lot, I have of, a lot of pink stuff, you too. Do, but, but you make fun of me because you're always like, you have interesting colors. Like, whenever I, like, yeah. go through my closet, you're like, I have colors, but you have, like, a lot of colors. Well, you're, you're a stylist. Like, right. you're going to have more stuff than I do. Like, if you didn't, that would be, be That would be a nightmare for me to have Allie come and look at my closet. Like, first of all, you have no clothes. I, I you, think you're you dressing like a fun. We should do that. <laughs> After I'm not kidding. After you have the baby, we we should come over a podcast over. live from your closet. We should. That'd be so fun. We're and inviting I'll, and I'll bring, I'll bring the baby, and you can like school me on some mom tips, and I can school you on some style, some style closet tips. I'll probably like just give me the baby. You're too much of a head chase. I'll hold your baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Oh my god. Well, thank you, Kate. We love you, and thank you so much for being on as always. And, and as we say, uh, be, be fabulous. fabulous. <laughs> thank you. Thank Appreciate you. your time and your friendship. Thank you. Yes, love. Thank you. Thank you so Talk much. You soon. Bye.
Let me show you how to work it out. Work it little.